Good day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to the Natural Choice Network, a local platform and meeting place where sustainable living comes live. Naturalchoice.net and the Natural Choice Network directories have many great ways for a conscious community to connect, stay up to date on green resources, natural health, natural food, and mind spirit. And you can also stay connected right here with me every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, today I am truly honored and pleased to be able and share my guest Fritzi Hortzman's story, compelling story, and how her truly groundbreaking, inspiring Compassion Prison Project can potentially really change the lives and the future of a lot of inmates and some of even the most violent offenders. So welcome to the show, Fritzi. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I have to say you have this short video on YouTube. Absolutely. Just look up Step Inside the Circle in Google search and it'll it'll bring you to a few links. Because after seeing that YouTube video of the safe and caring place, you took those inmates at that high security prison in California. I was truly brought to tears and kind of welling up even thinking about it now. Just to remind everybody, we'll repeat it again during the show that there's an amazing short video that really says so, so much, especially when you can see the faces of the inmates. It's like they are just dying for this. So um, please start by sharing your background and how the Compassion Prison Project evolved from your own personal experience with early childhood trauma. Thank you, Martha. So about three years ago, I was having coffee with my good friend who's a psychologist, and I mentioned that I had been abused as a child. And he suggested I read a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Opening that book changed my life. Uh, I learned that I was not my behavior, my anxiety. I had bitten my nails to the quick up until about two months ago. My road rage, my inability to deal with my child. Um, when he had his tantrums, he would trigger me. So I got to get a bird's eye view of my behavior to see that that isn't really who I am. And mm-hmm. what was what I also came to understand was that when you're traumatized, your body does things you wouldn't want to do. So cut to about a year later, I was invited to a prison through Cat Hoax Hustle 2.0. I walked in there and I recognized these men weren't bad people. They were actually wonderful men. What we all have in common, what I had in common with them was that we were all traumatized. And I said to them when I was introducing myself, I said, this is prison, this is a trauma center. And I realized that I had to do something. I asked Kat Hoke, when are we coming back? And she said, in six months. And I said to myself, I've got to do something. I can't wait six months. So I investigated compassion. I investigated kindness, mindfulness. And four months later, I walked back into that same prison with the Compassion Prison Project. So that's the origin story. Wow. Well, and like you say, the cell, you know, it holds the stuff in the cellular memory. And I had some abuse as a child too. And it's, it's interesting how it pops up later in life uh, with all these seemingly unassociated triggers. And until you really go down there and start working with it, it really does start to free you from a cellular level. And it takes some time to unprogram that stuff. And when you can compound, and I know they made even made a comment uh, when they were talking to you, it's like, you're a, you know, you're a blonde white woman. And, you know, if you were, you know, not of that, you know, persuasion, and you were also, you know, brought up in really um, in poverty, and that sort of thing, too, things could have turned out very, very differently. 
Exactly. And I'm so sorry to hear about your trauma, Martha. This is this is really an, an, an epidemic in our society in our society, yeah. and nobody's talking about it. And that's that's one of my major goals um, in making this film and creating this program is to bring awareness about our collective childhood trauma and our yeah. also our generational trauma. Uh, Absolutely, tra- because it's so passed down and they say it, it does cross every, you know, every gender, every socioeconomic boundary. But I think the people that have it suffer the most if they're in some of these marginalized minority um, cultures. Exactly. And so when we made the film, um, we made the film in February, right before COVID hit. Wow. And we did this circle. It's a, it was, it was a, we call it step inside the circle where you take steps for each adverse childhood experience you've, ex- you've had in your life. And so people start taking steps if they were emotionally abused, physically abused, sexually abused, emotionally or physically uh, neglected, um, um, if a parent or caregiver had gone to prison, it, you know, all these things, if your parents were divorced, that's actually a childhood, an adverse childhood experience. So as, as these men kept taking steps towards the center of the circle, also, we also added things like homelessness, foster care, juvenile, juvenile uh, you know, juvenile justice involvement, Mm -hmm. and also head trauma, which is a very, another thing we have to, yes, because when you have brain damage, when you have physical brain damage, that presents just as, as trauma does. And when we're talking about trauma, we're talking about, we've heard of PTSD, we've heard of uh, brain damp, you know, CTE through the, with the football players are dealing with all these things what the men and women who are in prison have been also dealing with and they're not being taken care of the way our vets are, the way our football players are being taken care of. And the thing is, if we want a safe society, if we want a community (laughs) that, that is buoyant and, and productive, the men and women that are 95% of the men and women that are in prison are coming back to us. And how do we want them returned to us in worse condition yeah. And more traumatized, or do we want to start healing these traumas that, as you say, are in our in our cellular, you know, cellular yeah. Makeup? And at some time, at some point, when there's some awareness, we, you, I mean, it's a cycle that can and is broken that way, and so the the ripple effect is tremendous. So, just what are some of the statistics in relationship between childhood trauma and violent crime, and or, or how long have they even been collecting that data? Well, there's a couple of things to know. Um, if you have four or more ACEs, you're seven times more likely to go to prison. So that's the one big statistic that I know of. I have personally seven ACEs. And, and you want to say what the ACEs are? Is that kind of like the step in the circle list? Exactly. Those are the adverse childhood experiences quiz, which was created by uh, a member of the CDC and a member of Kaiser back in the 80s. And what they wow. found was 65% of Americans, 60 to 65% of Americans have at least one ACE. Yeah. And as you have more ACEs, the more adverse health effects are, are presented, uh, depression, yeah. heart yeah. disease, lung disease. And yeah. then, so we've done a couple of uh, random surveys when we've been in, when we've been in prison. And what we're finding is that Society has people who have four or more ACE, 
four or more aces in general society, there's about 12.5% of the people in society. In prison, it's 70% of the men say. and women wow. have more than four aces. So if you ever saw the Netflix special, um, the trials of uh, Gabriel Fernandez about the, the little boy who was murdered oh, by his mother. Yeah, yeah. The abuse that he suffered is very similar to what the men and women I've been working with have also suffered. Wow. Uh, I worked with a group of women. They had five to 10, five to 10 aces, and most of them had Jeez. been sexually abused. Oh, yeah. And what I'm also noticing about our society is we've dissociated from our own trauma. We're not even in connection with the fact we're traumatized. Good this whole, point. Good yes. point. And then you see all the separation right now. And just like how the kind of the inmates are underserved of the current system that really only amplifies the trauma, the isolation and the se separation that's cultivated the criminal behavior, you know, in the first place, like you say, and then they, they, they send them back out. But uh, most of the population is in the same situation. Exactly. And we're seeing COVID as, you know, as we are seeing all this comorbidity in COVID, guess what? That's all trauma. It's just As triggers. Yeah. Yes. A asthma, uh, diabetes, all those things present uh, when you have adverse childhood experiences. And, and yeah, they say even wearing the mask um, too, part, part of the reason that, that it, that's really throwing people away too, especially if they've ever you know, kind of had a hard time breathing, um, which mm -hmm. a lot of trauma and depression can do. And so it just, it puts them into that association too, really quickly. Or yeah, if they've ever been muzzled, I mean, it's, it's just horrible, but it really, you know, when they're wearing that mask, it brings back, you know, their shortness of breath and all that sort of thing of, of you know, just feeling in fear. Exactly. And that's the thing is, you know, uh, 65% of Americans have extreme fear. You know, mm -hmm. even when your parents are divorced, have divorced or separated, there's tension in the family. This is what happens is the little, the child who is experiencing this tr tension doesn't feel safe yeah. and, and add more, you know, add emotional abuse, which is apparently the worst one, add yeah. emotional abuse, physical abuse. And suddenly you, you're going to school, you're not thinking about learning, you're thinking about staying safe. And so, and if you're in one of these, these neighborhoods that are, are violent, you, you there's no sense of safety ever. Anywhere. So, yeah. Even exactly. with what I was exposed to, um, I still, even though there was a lot of times I did not feel safe in my home, there's a lot of times I also felt loved, you know, so, you know, and I had a big enough family that there was a big enough circle. I always had somewhere that I could go. Um, but, you know, and I, and I know how that affected me and later on in life. So when you, like you say, you put extreme poverty, you put, you know, being in a, you know, growing up in a neighborhood where like 24 seven, there's no safe place. No, I mean, it's, it's no wonder. And what you just described, you had people that saw you when you were growing up. People mm -hmm. who have adverse child, because they always ask, oh, well, I, I have nine aces. I didn't go to prison. Well, you had somebody in your life that saw you yeah. as a valuable member of society. And it is, the, it is in that seeing and it is in that connection that most of the men and women never received growing up. So imagine yeah. being I abandoned. Had, yeah, because yes. yeah, 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 I had an escape. 
Um, in fact, it was so funny because I kind of laughed too. You know, people keep up the pretenses, especially like growing up in the 50s. It's like, yeah, you don't think everybody in the neighborhood knows what's going on in this house when I like wind up tapping on, you know, my girlfriend's windows at like one o'clock in the morning and just crawl in and then they just invite me to the breakfast table. Oh, Martha, you joining us for breakfast? And they send me off to school. <laughs> and nobody ever said anything or made me feel bad. But it's like, gosh, at least the culture, you know, now, you know, somebody would put up more of an alarm. But I I was just thinking there was several, several years before I went off to college that I would I would literally leave, you know, it's like I at least I had that, you know, that the the courage to just walk out of the house and I had a place to go. Otherwise, just sitting there and listening to, you know, the yelling and screaming all night long is, I mean, that's why it, it was so painful. That's why I had to leave. And if I couldn't, I, yeah, as I say, I can't even imagine. Domestic violence, adverse childhood experience. And that's the thing. We're, we're ashamed of our parents fighting. I was ashamed that my father was an alcoholic. I was ashamed yeah. that my mother had mental illness. And by covering it up and not sharing this with peers or count, you know, counselors, mm -hmm. the idea, I, I had nowhere to go with what I was holding. I was holding yeah. my family's pain and that's what's, that's what is going on in our society. And yeah. you can see it in black lives matter. Yep. One of the symptoms of trauma is reenactment of the trauma, mm -hmm. um, hypervigilance, just basically you name it, every adverse health effect is a symptom of trauma and what they're learning about the might there's a there's an autoimmune effect in your brain when your body is traumatized it's called the microglia and they're learning that the microglia will eat the synapses of your brain when traumatized so you literally have half a brain after you go through um severe trauma so this is wow. this is a this is huge this is not a moral People who commit crimes are not morally def defunct. I mean, I guess there's like one or two percent, but most of them are just dealing with their trauma and keeping their bodies safe. So when presented with a tense situation in a neighborhood, in a, in a tense um, scenario, yeah, which there's um, a lot of right now. Exactly, and most of the guys that I've worked with, I said, who here would be alive if they weren't in prison? Ninety nine percent of the men raised their hands. It was. Wow. And a lot of it was it was me or the guy that got murdered. I've been I'm working mostly with the, with men who've killed other men or other people. Yeah, the most the most violent offenders because, um, you know, with this relationship and the current system, I just I just have to commend you for what you're doing because, uh, as I say, this issue is so huge that you know start there. But I mean, just the the opportunity for rehabilitation of inmates whose criminal behavior is almost certainly related directly to their own suffering and lack of love and compassion since early childhood. Um, they really, you know, if we start seeing them as the victims, I think that could really be a paradigm shifter. Exactly. And the words you just said, the most violent offenders, well, why don't we look at them as the most traumatized? Traumatized, exactly. exactly. Yes, it's a reframe that's very important because all these people are like, yeah, let's let the drug addicts out. Let's let, you know, the petty crime people, but let's keep the violent offenders in prison. Yeah. And the thing is, a harm has been committed, I know. And devastation has happened from the acts that these men and women have created. There's no doubt. And yeah. 
and repair has to happen, but it doesn't repair. You ask victims by throwing someone in a prison for 30, 40 years does yeah. not bring healing to these victims. No. What, what we're it learning. It compounds it. Exactly. And what we are learning, they're not, and when they let them out, they're in no better shape than when they walked in. But exactly. what, what we're learning is that restorative justice where the the person who committed the harm is in dialogue with the person that's been affected, whether it's the family members or the person that was injured or assaulted yeah. or, or robbed or whatever the, the crime is. When they're in dialogue, the person in harm tells the person who committed the crime what they need to repair this harm. Mm -hmm. And there's some magical stories that have come out of this kind of dialogue. Yeah. But the, the trial system that we have now, the, the victims, the sidelines, and, you know, just praise for a guilty verdict. Yeah. That's, that's and, the, and the public, you know, because I think bringing, you know, this awareness in this situation also opens up the awareness, as I say, to the, to the broader population, instead of just kind of just making, you know, it being perpetrator victim. I mean, we're all in this together. Exactly. And you know, when, when they persecute people, there's a dopamine hit in your brain. So when people yeah. judged, we get joy, it, you know, physical joy. The witch from trials and the hanging public, public executions. They, somebody must've known that back then because they, they, they knew if you had a public execution, you could, you could get away with murder. Well, exactly. And we're talking that, now imagine a little boy watching a hanging what, first of all, what violence is he observing? What that's exactly. trauma right there. And yeah. then what information does that give his body and brain about a, you know, the poor man that got hung, the, yeah. that got lynched. And so it's dopamine. It's dopamine, but it's also trauma. It's yeah. actually both. And how the, messed the, up is that? Exactly. And the <laughs> thing about the thing about when you when you inflict pain, it also hurts you. It actually does. You feel you're, it, yeah. You're as traumatized as the person you're traumatizing, which is, as this is hurting me then more than it's hurting you, well, actually it is. Yeah. And that's that's actually what we can look at our criminal justice system, because what we're doing is hurting us more than it is hurting the men and women in prison, because we know society, yeah. deep down what we're doing is is perverse. And go, you know, don't get me started about the death penalty, because yeah. that's- we're talking about, I've, we did the ACE test with a couple of men that are on death row and the trauma that they've experienced. I don't think yeah. their brains have the ability to see another process. way. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. A, a survival at that point. Um, can you walk us through the process of the, um, um, of the trauma circle? Um, like you said, you just mentioned a couple of things, but can you give us some feedback or some um evidence of some transformation that you've just seen happen almost instantaneously when that's, you know, that big circle of all these violent inmates. I mean, you're just one person in the middle of like hundreds of violent criminals ah. walking towards you and you're just calm as can be. And, and, and it's just so powerful and moving um, well, to again, see them so willingly and vulnerably walking together because they realize that they're together doing it. And again, they're traumatized individuals. They're not the violent. They're no longer violent. If you, as you will see, when you, we actually have another film coming out in in a couple of weeks called Honor Yard, and you're gonna see. I mean, these men have worked it's on themselves. Tender. It's really tender. Yes. So 
what what probably the biggest thing about this circle and why why it's getting a lot of attention include we have um North Dakota wants us to bring the circle to their their department of corrections so we can work with the staff as well as they call them residents they don't call them prisoners or inmates mm-hmm. so they can work with the resident so we I can work with the residents up there I'm working in Nebraska and, and other states are starting to, you know, want to bring this kind of interactive realization about our shared trauma. And exactly, we had over two, mil- 2 million views of this video. And I know there more more views are coming because the thing is, if 65% of the United States is traumatized, and I believe it's probably 85%. Yeah. This then no wonder we're divided. Exactly. Because it's so easy to trigger us on both sides to, for whoever's agenda. Exactly. And one of the one of the symptoms of trauma is a feeling that you're separate from everybody else. Yeah. So look at that. I mean, and here we have Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. They everybody wants the same darn thing. We exactly. want we want a good life. We want <laughs> yeah. a family we can take care of. We want a good job. Yeah. You know, we want to sit on watch Netflix. I mean, that's what we want. I don't know if Netflix is right, but yeah, but that's but we fundament- want to be able to yeah, and we, we want to be productive. We want to be useful. You know, we want to you know have, have meaning. Yes, have meaning. And so I think the um the the part of the you know bringing the compassion, um the compassion piece of it, like you say, for spreading the awareness of how widespread early childhood abuse and trauma is, just not only in the prison community but the basic public can really help release, um, release from the shame and that exactly. shame part of it. I, you know, would you want to just talk a few minutes about this? I think I'm going to skip all the breaks cause this is too important. Um, the shame part is, is it's actually really important because the shame is what keeps the secrets in place. It keeps, it keeps the violence going because when you feel bad about yourself, you take it out on your environment And so I go in there and I say, there is no shame. And the next piece about that is there is accountability. So we did something bad in our past, or even, you know, we can be accountable for something bad we've done today. But once we start shaming ourselves, which is basically self-abuse, it's self, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a self we dehumanize ourselves. Once we get into that space, there's no hope and there's no motivation. There's nothing. It's the lowest frequency we can operate from. So well, I that's how I think a lot of like the Democrats and the Republicans that keep shaming each other too. It's the same thing. It just shame creates separation. <laughs> exactly. But, and that's the same thing what's happening in the South Confederacy. Yeah. People don't want to deal with the past because it is, you know, I believe it's very shameful and I believe there is deep shame in the South for what has been done. But if yeah. we if we shame them, they're going to double down like they've been doing. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear the, I want to wear it everywhere. Exactly. So, it's the trigger. Yes. yes. Well, the they trigger don't want for to shame. Feel, yeah. Nobody wants to feel shame. So the thing is, we have to give our past a break. Full stop. Yeah. Everyone, we're you know. Thank you. <laughs> we're done with done with the. Let's past. move on. <laughs> yes, and let's evolve. Let's, yes, let's. The past is the past. Take down yeah. the monuments. Get rid of the flag. We love people down there. We do. We love them. We just. We've got to, in, you know, embrace all members of our of our society, all members of our community, and 
and really start reshaping how we treat each other. Um, it's not black and white. It's not Republican Democrat. It's hum, human, human versus human yeah. plus human. And, and that it, we're all born. None of no one's born, you know, prejudice. No one's born evil. No one's born, you know. All I mean, every everyone's true nature and spirit is, you know, is is something beautiful, not something to be ashamed of. Exactly, exactly. And there, nothing to be ashamed of is the thing, except maybe wearing a mask. That's a joke, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and even with the monuments and stuff, it's like we can't wipe out the past, but we can reframe it, you know, and show that, that we've learned for it and just find another ways, like you said. So that's the other, you know, that, you know, just a triggered exaggeration is like wipe it all out. It's like, you know, we want to transform it, learn from it and go from there. Well, gosh, we're running. Um, we're, we're already out of time and we skipped the breaks, but um, I just want you to repeat, you know, maybe have to have you on again when the new, um, the new video comes out to talk about some of the wonderful progress you're making. So why don't you leave us with a quick personal um, message and how people can um, help support your cause. Wonderful. Thank you, Martha. So please visit our website, compassionprisonproject.org. You'll see the step inside the uh, step inside the circle video so there. And also please take the ACE test and have your friends, family, community, co-workers take the ACE test. Know what your ACE score is. There's no shame in having had a childhood that most of us also have had. So let's get this into the conversation. What is your yeah. ACE score? We're we're thinking about doing a thing called like the ACE bandage. Um, that one of our amazing volunteers came up with, you know, where we all start revealing our scores. There's no shame in having seven. But the, the thing we get to understand when we have a high A score is we need treatment. We need to get back into our bodies and stop numbing out, stop just living in our heads and get back into our bodies so we can start feeling safe and yeah. And, and so what, thank- what we have in common, what brings us together is far greater than that, you know, the small pieces that are pulling us apart. If we all realize we're all, That's we're all exactly, dealing with it. Yeah, exactly. Martha, thank you for saying that. And, and if you feel like donating, we, we will use your funds to really great use spreading the childhood awareness and building up our communities and our prison that we can all yeah. live and thrive together. Yeah, that's the way that to me, this is the way out of it. That really, like you say, it's the root of so much separation, so much of what's playing out right now, not just in the prisons, but everywhere. So thank you so much for what you're doing. As I say, it's my pleasure. I'll have you on again to talk about this. So um, this some more people can also just go to naturalchoice.net um, and you can uh, just keyword search compassion prison project there too. And we'll have something on the homepage uh, that'll directly link into their YouTube video as well. So thanks so much for joining me today, Fritzy. Thank you, Martha. It was so awesome. Thank you. And thanks for all of our listeners for choosing to join in too. As you know, our choices create our experiences and collectively our experiences create our community. So thank you for making the natural choice.